This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. He's at home because he's tired after all that hard work they had to do last night. However, I'm pleased to announce that I am joined by the three Musketeers. It's Christian Walsh. Hi, Christian. Hello. Joseph River. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ian. And Paul Ghost. Afternoon, Ian. Who's still, who's still the tallest person in the room. Who's D'Artagnan? I don't know. What are the names of the other two? I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Oh, just Raphael? No, he's one of the turtles. We could all be the Ninja Turtles, haven't we? You can't remember the turtles, surely you're not old enough. Oh, yeah. Really? Anyway, from turtles to Liverpool, not a very good link, but it was Roma last night. It was the Champions League. We are recording this, by the way, on Wednesday afternoon. And what a nice day. Paul, I'll start with you. I mean, at 5 0, what are you thinking? At 5 0, I'm thinking go and get 6 and 7 and just make it, you know one of the greatest results in Liverpool's history. And then the final 10 minutes kind of took the gloss of it. But um, I think in the Egan Club's two and a half years as Liverpool manager, I think for all the, the, the huge results and the, the big games and, and you know the, the blistering performances that they've had, I think that's probably up there as, as the very best. For 80 minutes, it was unbelievable. It was like everything they were trying was coming off. Every ball into space, seeing Liverpool clean through. And they, they just took absolute full advantage of it every time. Uh, no more so than Mohamed Salah, who completely ran riot, didn't he, after the first 20 minutes or so. Um, you know, what more can we say about him? Absolutely unbelievable. Clean, every time he's clean through on goal, you just know he's, he's just got the, the calmness and, and, you know, his eyes cool. He's just going to put it away, no problem, particularly with, with the second one when he raced through. And, yeah, it, as I say, it was probably Jürgen Klopp's uh, best performance as Liverpool manager. Joe, would you agree with that? Was it the best that Liverpool have played under Klopp, or certainly the best performance, best result? I'd say about 70 million minutes of it was um, the best Liverpool played on the clock. Will that be yeah. after 10 minutes? Yeah, and then... yeah, and, and then. Because Roma actually thought played quite well for about 10 15 minutes. And I thought for a little bit Liverpool were in for a long night. And then suddenly, once once they clicked into gear, um, I was reading The Guardian this morning, I think it was Daniel Taylor who pointed out that it was after that foul on Mane. Do you remember that he, get, he got chopped down and they had a free kick mm. off outside the box? And, it, and ever since that moment, Liverpool seemed to click into gear. And then just tore Roma apart on every single attack, and um, I think it was just a demonstration of how good Liverpool can be when they put it all together. And then, of course, the the old Achilles heel came out at the end. But um, I don't think that should take any gloss off what was an excellent performance. And for anyone with any worries going to Rome in terms of the results, I think Roma pulled off one miracle against Barcelona. I don't see them pulling off two miracles. In, in a row in terms of the Champions League so um, yeah I'm quite confident the fans can book their flights to Kiev Christian before the game if you'd have said Liverpool would have a three goal lead but you know Rome would have a couple of away goals would you have taken that? Yeah of course I think the way Liverpool are and the way Liverpool play I think even a, a 1-1 wouldn't have been a bad result for Liverpool I think this this side this that this this settled that Jürgen Klopp's got at, at Liverpool now is is capable of of overturning a, a home defeat away from home and, 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 and actually making something of it. I, I thought that even against Manchester City. I thought even if it's 1-0 to Man City or 2-1 to Man City, Liverpool, within their capabilities of, of winning 2-0, 3-1, whatever over there. I think if Roma hadn't 
have done what they did against Barcelona, then I think there'd be absolutely no question whatsoever that Liverpool yeah. are in the final. Um, they beat Chelsea 3-0 at home. They beat Chelsea 3-0 at home, but they drew with them 3-3 away. And with the Barcelona game, even though it was 4-1, from what everybody's told me and you know what, what you read about that game, Barca were not good value for that 4-1. I think there were a couple of own goals. Yeah. I think there was... Uh, the Rossi was very unfortunate for the own goal, yeah, was I, I just feel like, you know, not to hop back to it, I know you're all naysayers, but you know the idea of XG or all that. Oh, oh, God. I, I know, I know. But, but, but do we call CLXG? Because it's Champions League. Possibly. UCLXG. UCLXG. Anyway, go the but Barcelona basically were not good value for the four one win and, and therefore it sort of skewers the, the tie and, and, and therefore a three 0 win, even though it was seen as miraculous, wasn't completely ridiculous in a way. Mm. Whereas Liverpool were so dominant against Roma, they could have they could have scored seven, eight, nine if they wanted to. Well they tried to. Um and apart from a, a, a the, the the ten minute bookends to the game, Liverpool were very much firmly in control. I just can't see how Roma will be able to reverse that. And also, as, as controversial as that might, this might sound, I'd have Liverpool down as a better attacking force than Barcelona, certainly on the counter attack. I don't think that's I don't think that's controversial. Well, you've got you know because you've got Messi, you've got Suarez, you've got Dembele, but Dembele well, doesn't play. Coutinho mm, can't play in the Champions League. Well, Iniesta, but ultimately, about a thousand years old. Now. Yeah, I, I just but it's Messi, isn't it? Ultimately, and mm. I, I know we'll get on to most yeah, players who've been there ten years. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're established yeah. since Barcelona. I think Liverpool are, are arguably better than them anyway, um, but certainly in this sort of game situation, will be better than Barcelona. I mean, my my own take on it is you mentioned Roma, the way that they approached the game. I think the reason it finished five two is because they didn't change at all in the entire game they just kept on kept it open they thought well we're never ever going to be able to stop Liverpool they were right we'll just you know we'll take the game to them early on we'll see what happens they nearly scored let's face it I know Carius' save wasn't particularly conventional and he slightly got away with it but the, but the point is he saved it he was going to go in if he doesn't do that it's going in um, they get the two goals at the end because they kept on going I mean they'll look at it as though they've got a chance in the second leg but as you mentioned, Liverpool, there's no way Liverpool aren't scoring. Yeah. My only thing is, if it was 5-1, I'd give Roma absolutely no chance. At 5-2, yeah. I'm thinking, it's possible. And the way Liverpool in the last two games fell away in the last 10 minutes when, I think Christy mentioned this in the office, when Salah's gone off, suggests yeah. that you know, they're running out, also they're running out of players. So, Rio Ferdinand was quite critical of, of Di Francesco's approach, wasn't he? And he kind of suggested that, has he ever seen Liverpool play? And, Find it really hard to believe, impossible really, that a you know, top level manager wouldn't look at Liverpool in any way, shape, or form in the run up to the game. But they did approach it like they, they'd never seen it. Like Liverpool were just getting through it. Will, you know, balls over the top, and, and Mane and, and Salah were, were running away from you know the, the three centre backs, and he, he just didn't change it. He didn't do anything to, to alter it. He didn't pull his, his wing backs in. He didn't like. You know, try and tighten it up in midfield. There was just spaces all over the place, and every time the people going forward, it looked like they could have scored. Was that was that down to the players or the system? Because I know before the game, the whispers coming out of the Italian camp was that Roma were, you know, they never came out and publicly said it, but they were really worried about that game, and, and rightly so. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I seen a, a stat on Twitter a couple of days ago saying that uh, Roma have conceded, you know, quite a lot away from home, and that would probably be the case again. And you know, the people have gone and make that true so quite possibly but um, I, it was strange the way 
he didn't appear to, to try and affect any change from, from the sidelines at the time. And he appeared to have aged about 10 years during the game as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joey was called the Jurgen Klopp of Italian football before the game. Has he kind of tried to be a bit too clever? Without well, this turned into the Roma tactical pod. No, I'm glad, I'm glad Paul brought up BT because I watched it back last night. and I, I was frustrated because they, they, they concentrated far too long on how bad Roma were for me. Because let's face it, Maribor have tried it. Spartak Moscow have tried it, Porto have tried it, Man City have tried it, now Roma have tried to stop Liverpool. No one's been able to do mm-hmm. it. He's no fool. He, he will have tried, he, I, I think he tried setting up three at the back with the idea is two wing-backs drop in and you, you sort of have, you outnumber Liverpool's attack and it didn't work. But he's not the first guy to have tried and failed, so let's, let's not be too critical, to, critical of him. I just think Liverpool, the way they play and, and the way they play in Europe as well against sides that they don't tend to sit in and, and, and make Liverpool play to two banks of four, do they? they? They try and play a bit of football because these are all good sides and they back themselves. So I think it's all about how good Liverpool are and not how bad Roma were. In the second leg against Barcelona, from what I've seen, Barcelona for some reason decided to play defensively, which I think everybody's quite aware that Barcelona's strength is not their defence. You'd have to argue the same as with Liverpool, certainly. Not saying that defensively they're bad, but the strength's gone forward. In the second leg, they're going to come up against a Roma team who know they're going to have to score at least two just to give themselves a chance. That's going to fall prey into Liverpool's hands. Yeah, it? I think I think Barca are actually all right defensively now. I think they've, they've conceded something daft like nine goals all season. Mm. That's probably a made-up stat. But in general, <laughs> I, I can see you that is a made-up stat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I know they, they did. You know, Atletico are normally seen as the standard bearers when it comes to defensive mm. records over in Spain. I think Barca matched them this season. But in general, they're not certainly individually. You look at them and you go. You know, Albert and, and Sergio Roberto plays as a, as, mm. a, as a right back when he's not really a right back, doesn't he? Um, PK can can throw one in now and then. It's just like the Man City game though for Liverpool, isn't it? Really, it's it's the same arguments that 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 we all came up with against Manchester City. The only difference is that Roman arguably have a slight well, they have a slight advantage in the fact that they only have to score three to win it. Yeah, it's a win rather than take it to, take it to extra time. And you know, a goal for Liverpool means that Roma only need four rather than five. But, I mean, you know, these are ludicrous margins when you're yeah. talking about an elite mm. uh, part of, a, of an elite tournament. We're in the, 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 the quarterfinals, semi-finals of the Champions League, and Liverpool are, uh, you know, they're in this position, which is, well, this which is, is remarkable. This you know, is... it's, 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 it's such a... It's such a it's such a ridiculous situation to be in that Liverpool have three goals to the good in the semi-final. I, I can't believe that, that I want to watch last night. Well, that's the thing, is that in terms of Champions League, after first legs of semi-finals, this is the best position they've been in in 33 years since they played Panathinaikos in 1985. 4-0 four, four that was. Four nil, well, yeah. I was looking at 5-0. Um, yesterday, obviously prepping for potential stories afterwards. and uh, Certainly in the, champ- the Champions League era, the biggest second leg win was 4-0. Uh, sorry, semi-final win was 4-0, I think. Barca or Bayern beat Barca 4-0 yeah. um, and I, I got up to about 1970 and I found 1-5-0 which was uh, by AC Milan the great Milan side of Sassi yeah. that was the second leg as well after a 0 yeah of course so obviously it didn't pan out like that with, with, the, with the final two goals I also I think just the idea as well if that goes if Roma go 1-0 up and 2-1 up and then Liverpool fight back and go yeah. to 5-2 yeah. everybody's absolutely bouncing yeah. going done deal it's mm. just the fact that if you're looking at it as a as one big ninety minute game, then Liverpool went five 0 up and at half time it's five two. I mean, 
obviously away don't, goals don't, week is a bit different. But the worry is on. that it's it's not a one-off for Liverpool. It's not even the first time this week they've conceded two goals in the last in the last. <laughs> it's not. But I, th- I think yeah, I think they were mitigating circumstances around the West Brom game because they had one eye on the on the Roma game and also because they didn't have their first choice back yeah. four out there. Yeah, three, three of the back four didn't play. Moreno yeah. and Gomez were, were, were rusty than the tin man in in a, in a, in a, in a thunderstorm. Sucking <laughs> um, too long. Yeah, I know, yeah, that was like, <laughs> you should have these ready. Come I know, on. So, um, but even even the Roma, ultimately, what they've done there, they've been caught out with one decent ball by an angle, and all right, Lovren gets caught under the ball, but it happens. You know, he's prone to that. But I thought it was a good game in general. Yeah, I thought he did as well. But, yeah. but okay, so that goes in, and then I think Roma get a penalty, which. It's probably a penalty. It mightn't be a penalty, it's but, iffy, you, isn't it? but, you, but you see those sorts of things. But, but ultimately, if it doesn't hit Milner's hand, Carius is gathering that up. No yeah. problem. So yeah. it's not. It's not as if Roma have absolutely hammered down the door there, and and it was only the last two. The last two goals were. First one was a bit of quality. The second one was quite fortunate. Yeah, they gave them the goals, didn't they? In a the, in the, in the way, that's what makes it slightly frustrating. But as Christian said, if you look at it and go five-two, thinking, oh, we're nearly there. Yeah, I, I think Liverpool have kind of benefited from going under the radar a little bit because it's the first time since 2014 that they've been in the Champions League. And even then, they were out of it, well, 2013 because they were out of it, excuse me, 2014 because they were out of it by mm-hmm. December was it went the end of the group stages. Um, so before then, we were talking like Rafa Benitez here, you know, the last time Liverpool were a force in the Champions League. So I think that a lot of opponents have kind of looked at them and thought, well, they're not what they used to be. Um, you know, we'll back ourselves to... to impose our game on it like Joe says and no one's been able to do that I think Liverpool probably the only unbeaten team left in it mm-hmm. or, um, so it just goes to show that Liverpool are an emerging force getting under the clock and it's only basically what we've been saying seemingly every other week with these, these big European results I mean I've just written a piece which has just, just gone up line now and it's to do basically looking at the aftermath of the game but also points out the fact that something that the Roma boss said where he said that I didn't like the way that we gave up in the second half when the goals were going in, I hit the third, the fourth and the fifth. And this is this I thought that was quite interesting because Roma are going to be coming up now in front of their own fans, which will be about 60,000. All of them will think that Roma can do it. All of them will think they can do it. And that pressure will go on to the players. Mm-hmm. And they've shown themselves to be mentally weak yeah. up against big pressure because they won't have been used to the way that Liverpool play because they yeah. don't have that in Syria. They won't, don't have teams right. just like rushing around and and pressing them all the time. Just, Liverpool just do exactly the same thing in the second leg. And if Roma don't get the start that they want, you can just see maybe the crowd get a bit edgy. That'll go back onto the team and then hopefully Liverpool can just do their thing. Yeah. Imagine what happens if Liverpool nick a goal. You know, because like, like you say, Roma are going to have to, they're going to have to respond to that, come out. They've got to get goals, haven't they? So that back four or back three or whatever they decide to go with, I don't think they'll go for a back three again. They're not the quickest, and they're going to have to come out and try, and they're going to have to play a high line again. They've got no choice, so they're going to have to come out and go on the attack against Liverpool. Back that front three every single day of the week to get a goal there. I don't care about their defensive record. They've not come up against a side like Liverpool. Well, Liverpool, Liverpool have scored every away game, so yeah, someone's got yeah, to give. Exactly. Well, they've only been one away game in the Champions League this season where they haven't scored two goals, which is Spartak Moscow, where they scored... They should have had about yeah, five yeah, or six. Yeah. That was only within that kind of period as well, where everyone was saying, "Oh, sooner or later, it's going to turn, and yeah. they're going to they're going to hammer one of these teams." Mm. And that was right in the, in the middle of that period. Three of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's an exciting prospect, but I, and that, like Paul was saying, I think people have underestimated Liverpool. And I think teams 
we'll have looked at Liverpool almost in every single draw and gone, well, that's the team we fancy. Yeah. Maybe the same went for Roma earlier in it. But the exciting thing is I think that either Barcelona or Bayern Munich will both fancy themselves. And if Liverpool do complete the job, get to the final, whoever gets through from that tie. Barcelona will or Bayern Munich, both of them will fancy themselves. Both of them will believe that, they, that they're the favourites and they can go and brush Liverpool to one side in the final. Which is AC Milan, 2005 all over again, not yeah. getting ahead of ourselves here. But it, but it's, that, it's that vibe, isn't it? But if you go on the attack against Liverpool, then good luck, because you're going to have to face that, that front three. If Liverpool's the, the, um, the place now where you'd establish your reputation as you know one of the best players in Europe, uh, it's not like... From the outside, people don't look at Liverpool and go, Sadio Mane, or, you know, he's a huge name in Europe, they're worried about him. So Liverpool... Kind of get their players now and build them towards that level, um, and you know, no and, then, so and then sell them to Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no, no more so than Salah, who's you know taking himself to, you know, one of the top five players in the world at the moment. Top five, top five, top five. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your bets a little bit there. One, yeah. top five. Well, you've been saying this for a while now, haven't you? Yeah, I obviously think since Christmas. Since Christmas, he's the best player in the world. He like. scored forty-three goals in forty-six games. My only, and I think he's had fifteen assists. Is that? robot or android or whatever he is because he's not a human being it's Cristiano Ronaldo that just keeps banging him in doesn't he he's mm. got 42 and 39 yeah but he's playing for Rampard isn't he takes friends yeah. as well he's yeah, 24 and 12 he's got, how much he got the champion 15 is it 15 14 he's got the champion 14 it's absolutely outrageous I mean I, don't get me wrong I, I love watching Salah I think Salah's absolutely brilliant but I just think Ronaldo's just He's just a statistic. He's not, really, <laughs> not a, rob- a robotic statistic. Chris yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. But the other thing as well, you've mentioned Christie in the Manchester City game. Rome ran anywhere near as good as Man City. No, I think. well, I was, when I was saying that, I was thinking that you know this is a lot like the Roma, sorry, the Man City game. Although Rome would have got an advantage, but they haven't got an advantage because they're nowhere near as good as Manchester City. Ultimately, you can't read too much into it. Yes, they beat Barcelona three 0 We we all know that. Chelsea 3-0 Chelsea 3-0 and they also shut out they were going through the David Luiz falling out with Conte exactly it's it's all context isn't it and and you look at Roma they're they're fighting for fourth in in Italy and with the greatest respect Juventus were pretty much turned over I know it was very very close in the end but you know I thought they went out to Real Madrid and to be honest Tottenham were arguably very equals there they were the better team in Tottenham, but they did lack the experience of getting the job done, yeah, which is the only, which is the the only, only thing for thing Liverpool. That's at Liverpool. But, but then they've shown against Man City they can that do they it. can do it. And then you look at like Napoli, uh, you know, cracking teams to watch, really, really good. But in Europe, they went out in the group stage and then went out in the yeah, Europa League. Mm. Lazio just went out to Salzburg in the in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Like, it's a good league to watch now. It's not not the the boring sort of dull style that. that it's it's renowned for, but ultimately Serie A is still not a very good football league. They're struggling to finish fourth at the moment. They're in a battle to to, to qualify for the Champions League. I just I, alongside Inter Milan as well. So you know you look at those players and you've got to be careful because yes, as you know as I've said, no one's looking at Sadio Mane and going, Oof, he's good, or no one's looking at you know even Roberto Firmino thinking going, oh, absolutely, you know, elite. So there's the danger that you do that with Roma, you go, well, but Manala, I haven't heard of him, he's not very good, is he? Or, you know, Nangle, who I thought was really good last night. He was um, okay. But ultimately, I think we know enough about these players to know that they're not good enough to to do it again. I, I think that uh, at the risk of looking very stupid in seven days' time... Yeah, hang on, let's just stop you there. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
We can do that next week. Uh, don't say Liverpool are going to win it. No, no, but, but I, I just think I, I think once it was it was it was a remarkable result against the a tied and Barcelona are, side. Are, are we basically saying that this is a tie that Liverpool's to lose rather than Roma's to win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three goals, three goals. Roma could play the game of their lives again, and, and, and they would have come from one one nil. You know, Liverpool would have come. They'd have come from five nil down basically, wouldn't they? Which would be. Yeah. That, that was my point. It's yeah. half time, you know. It's half yeah. time, and it's five two to Liverpool. You know, if that was a ninety minute game, everyone would just be having a, a cup of tea at half time and, and, and you know booking the flights to Kiev. Yeah. It's just it, it it's just a strange situation. Yeah. I actually do want to say something because I'm glad you both picked out Sadio Mane before because James wrote a really good piece on him for his blood round at the weekend and. Um, He's not he a hero, you don't have to say no, nice things about it. I think he deserves, not James, I think Sadio <laughs> Mane deserves a hell of a lot of credit because out of the front three, he's the one that gets the least sort of plaudits. But you looked at him last night, he misses he misses the early chance and he missed another one which he scooped over the bar. But he just keeps going, doesn't he? And even when he's not particularly, doesn't look like he's playing well, he yeah. play, he's very scrappy, isn't he? And untidy in the way that he plays. He carries on and he just never hides, causes so many issues. And he really impressed me last night because I... I just thought you've got Firmino and, and Salah in absolutely brilliant form, and then Roma still had a third man to worry about because every single time Liverpool had the ball, Mane would make runs, he'd get in areas to score, he never hides, and even when he's playing badly, he comes through it. So I tell you what's really interesting me about Mane in, in in the past months, and I wonder if this is partly to do like it correlates with his with his upturning form again. Um, the, he basically plays as like a number ten now, yeah. or or even number eight to use you know cost balance. He gets he gets the ball centrally more than he ever gets it on the left hand side now, and that obviously helps Andy Robertson because Robertson bombs yeah. on as well. But the amount of times he picks the ball up deep now in a central position, he's almost sort of like the in the Lallana Oxley Chamberlain role, yeah. and I think he's really benefiting from that as well. You wouldn't have him down his skill set yeah. as somebody who can do that because I think. He's not as intricate as Salah, or he's not as maybe clever as Firmino necessarily. But he just works. He just, he just, he's just this sort of bundle of energy, and he's a quality player as well. I'm not dismissing that, but you just wouldn't have him down as a as a, a normal number eight, number ten. But he, it's obviously he's thriving in it. Yeah. We'll talk about Firmino then. He's got 27 goals now this season, which any other season you'd be like, wow, it's brilliant from a Liverpool player. Anyway, one of his goals last night was a header from a corner. Right now, what more? Do you want from your centre forward? It's a real number than, than, yeah, than, than, than doing that. Except it was just in the first half, it was just ridiculous. The two, the two, he played the two passes. For, okay, one was a simple, straightforward pass for Salah for the first goal. Second one, he just went straight through Manalas, didn't he? And then played the ball. He was the one who played the ball through for Mane for Ismis. Then the second half, he, he scores two goals. One of which was that header. Yeah, it was excellent, wasn't he? Um, the thing that impressed me was the amount of times that the ball seemed to stick with him. Um, Liverpool were going very direct. He, he spotted that weakness, you know, after the first twenty minutes, and, and they were knocking it long. And every time he, he was just controlling everything, uh, just bringing everything down, and, and just knitting the play and, and getting on the front foot. And you know, what, what an incredible season he's had. As you say, twenty-seven goals now. That's a, the best of, of his career, and you know he'll be Liverpool's centre forward for, for a, a good long time. Torres-esque, you know, yeah. it really is, and, and and that's crazy because you've got Salah doing what he's doing. But I think Firmino's having a season that is is, is is up there with one of Torres' best at Liverpool in terms of the way he moves with the ball, the way he dribbles with it. I'd say he's probably a little bit more creative, if not as, as clinical as Torres. 
He's a better footballer than Torres. He's a better yeah. footballer than Torres. And, and, and think about how revered Fernando Torres was at Liverpool. The cop used to bounce on a weekly basis for, for Torres. And 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 this 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 player isn't even Liverpool's best. Like it's it's, it's a remarkable. He's got a time. chat now, though, hasn't he? He's got a chance. Admittedly, it's just Bobby Firmino, and that's it. But oh no, I'm not so. I just mean, it, but I just, I mean, he's not he's not the most underrated player in the Premier League because everyone calls him the most underrated player in the Premier League, which means he is rated. But at the same time, you know, Liverpool have got a, a got a player there in Roberto Firmino who. Is definitely Liverpool's best number nine, both in terms of number and position, since Torres was out of shadow without for me. Um, and he's still not Liverpool's talisman. You know, he's still not Liverpool's. I mean, you could argue that he is, but you know what I mean. Like everyone talks about Salah. Like imagine if it's a bit like the, the Torres Gerrard sort of dynamic, isn't it? Where they were a tandem, and I think what's happening now is that you're getting Firmino and Salah becoming a bit of a you know a pair yeah. because they're setting each other up. They're just working as a duo, dovetailing. It's brilliant. Now, it wasn't all great news for, uh, last night for Liverpool. In the first 15 minutes, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain goes down, knee injury. He's not one who goes down if he's not injured. He was down for a long time, and we're waiting for confirmation, but all accounts, he's out for the rest of the season. Paul, I mean, with uh, Adam Lallana already out and Emery Chan already out, Liverpool are kind of running out with midfielders now, aren't they? Yeah, they've got um, three fit midfielders in a team that plays three midfielders, so <laughs> <laughs> seems like it might be quite easy this, this weekend. Um, it's we'll a real that in a bit. We'll it's a job for the echo in midfield. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. well, it wasn't a very good job, anyway. Yeah, the centre forward in midfield. It's a shame for Oxley Chamberlain because Stephen Gerrard made, made the pointers when uh, I watched the back last night. Um, he was kind of saying Oxlade Chamberlain's in, the, in the, the, the best form of his career. You know, all those years at Arsenal and Southampton, where he was like the, the, the next Theo Walker, to some people seeing him, and then at Arsenal, where he was, you know, he's going to be a great player in years to come. Now he's kind of fulfilling that potential in the position that he's always wanted to play. Um, and for him to, to pull up in a Champions League semi final, it's just, it's just cruel, really. Um, it's a shame for him, and obviously the, those options are stretched. So <laughs> maybe. Curtis Jones is going to get a game on Saturday, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll come to that. I, just, I, f- I feel like Oxlade-Chamberlain was on the cusp just before that injury. Of uh, getting injured? No, no, no. no. Of, of being, not the directly, but the Coutinho replacement that Klopp sort of envisioned them to be. Not the same type of player, but basically somebody who you will put in that number 8 role mm. or number 10, whatever Klopp calls it, and he will produce the, the, the numbers. Mightn't score as many spectacular goals, he mightn't create as many chances or assists, but he fits into that team and it's not one of those where you look at it and you go, which Coutinho was in that team. Like Oxlade-Chamberlain really did feel like towards the over the past month and I think it maybe was initiated with the goal against City uh, and the Champions League. But he felt like absolutely 100% a Liverpool player and part of the Liverpool team and not somebody who was signed in the summer and he's sort of been transplanted. He felt like he was like an organic part. Did you just say team. that? I said that, yeah, but you know what I mean? It, it just felt like he's... He's been here for a lot longer than, than nine months, mm. which is is an impressive thing when you've you've been through a system like Arsenal's for, for so long. He's basically washed Arsenal off him, which you know is, yeah. I'm not saying that in a nasty way. I just mean you've said this before. I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? No, yeah, you know what I mean. though, in terms of he's is it the spell of Wenger that you spell of Wenger? Um, but no, it, you know, being respectful, it's it's he's it's, going now. You don't have to be respectful. No, but <laughs> just I like Arsenal. 
I just get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that Arsenal play a particular style of football, and I think it's very hard if you come through that system to to change that. And the fact that he's done it in nine months shows you what a good footballer he is. A great man once wrote at Arsenal, he was at the Ox at Liverpool, he's Oxlade chairman. That was me. <laughs> and, um, but you, you guys I, can confi- I can confirm he did write that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys know I almost like Oxlade chairman. I think he's a smashing player. He seems a great, great lad in the dressing room. The, the players seem to like him. Was absolutely gutted for him yesterday. It looks mm. a real bad one. You can mm. tell straight away. You just know, don't you, with the player's reaction. He, yeah. was, grabbing, he was covering his face. And, yeah. and that, to me, showed that he, he knew he knew it was a bad one. Yeah, I mean, on, a personal, off as well. yeah. Yeah. on a personal note for him as well, I think it was four years ago before the World Cup, he was playing really well, got injured and missed it. It looks like the same thing that happened for him again. However, what that did mean is that Ginny Wijnaldum came on. And I have to say, played I thought he played well, yeah. very well. Very yeah. well yeah. He, he uses the ball so well, doesn't he? Atta- In this... In these home games, it's away from home that he does lack and he goes missing. But when Liverpool are dominating and f- coming forward, he, he just seems to flit around the middle of the pitch, just getting it, giving it, getting it, giving it, and, and doesn't really, without ever really shining, just seems to do do very, very well. And I, I, I do like Wijnaldum in that sort of role. It's just away from home that I think he struggles, and that, that's the worry now that Liverpool don't have the option to change it a little bit if they're struggling. The other thing we have to mention is before the game, there was obviously all the talk about Roma and Roma's team bus and whether that was treated mm-hmm. with respect. And in the end, it ended up going through the, some, you know, an alternative route. However, Roma's fans were involved in an altercation with uh, Liverpool fans ended up left in hospital. Uh, I mean, this there has been a bit of history between Roma and Liverpool, certainly in Rome. And this isn't great looking ahead to the fans who are travelling for the away leg next week, is it? No, it's really not. It's um, it's really, really bad, actually, in terms of... What I would say is that from what you read and what you're hearing, it does sound like it was very much a, a small minority of Roma fans. But that being said... Well, they're saying the majority of them were in the ground. Were in the ground. An hour and a half before the but game. But that being said, you can't deny that there is a... A natural dislike, which I think stems back from '84 mm. between Roma and you know and Liverpool. I think anybody who's going over there next week uh, will have to be cannot take this safety for granted. I think they can't take it for, for you know they can't rest on the laurels. They'll have to be vigilant at all times. Don't don't be drinking in you know back alleys where there's no police. You've just got to sort of stay stick where the the cabinetry are and. It's it's just it's it's obviously it's spoiled it's spoiled the evening. It put a real sort of like down point on it. I can't believe I can't remember any other time where travelling fans have you know basically attacked home fans outside you know a, a pub in the shadow of the stand. Like it's it's all the Alberts is obviously if you've not been to Anfield. It's pretty much next to the cop. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be attached to the cop before it was rebuilt and whatnot. So. Um, it's just yeah, it, it's worrying because it just it just warns everybody that it, it could be quite quite moody out there, and everyone's just gotta just gotta be safe and vigilant. I think. Before then, though, Liverpool have another game. Uh, Jurgen Klopp was keen to mention actually in his press conference afterwards after the Roma game, which is Stoke home on Saturday. They still need a couple of wins to be sure of being in the Champions League next season, but. As we just mentioned, they haven't got a lot of players now to choose from. I mean, there's still a gap of five days to the next game, but he's going to make a couple of changes, isn't he, Paul? Yeah, it's, it could become reminiscent of Rafa Benitez when uh, the Liverpool time in the Champions League in 2005, and 
Premier League game, he was just making sweeping changes, wasn't he? Just 07, was it? The Fulham game where... Um, the, the one that still like, annoys Neil Warnock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, well, yeah. 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 What was the last game of the season? Charlton yeah. when uh, Pedelli was Pedelli, in there. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So, it could be a similar situation. Um, but can they can't afford to do that so much. I think he may be similar to the West Brom game where he made one or two changes, but now he's got at least one less change that he can make. I mean, let's discuss then what we think he might do. Are we going to... Say, I th- personally speaking, I think Lovren won't play. I no, think, I, I still think, think Clavan, 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 Clavan will play with Van Dijk. I think Van Dijk will play. Klein? I think you'll have to, yeah. Now, in midfield, I think Trent might play in midfield. I think that's an option. Yeah, I think it's an option. It crossed my mind, but I'm not sure. I, I don't, don't think he will. I think he might just stick with... Well, Milner won't play. No I, chance. I think, I think, Henderson I think, and will both play. I think it's the game as well. If you are going to... Everyone goes, Trent in midfield, Trent in midfield, Trent in midfield... Stoke at home is the game to do it, surely. I mean, the, the 19th from the table, and, and they've got Charlie Adam and, and whoever in the middle. Joe Allen, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. That's, we love but I, just, I just feel like we always say about Trent, let's put Trent midfield, and it's always getting suggested in games against, for example, you know, West Brom away and United. Stoke at home, if, you, if this is actually going to be a thing, but at the same time. You know, does he want to give Trent a bit of a rest? It's going to be. He's got easy. We talk about atmospheres, and we know how he thrived in in the in the atmosphere against the at Anfield against Manchester City. But he will not have played in an atmosphere like he will have the Stadio Olimpico. Nor will a lot of the players, but mm. Trent, especially a teenager. I think we could say a change of formation. You think four four two four four two, or maybe even three at the back, bring Joe Gomez in and, and play wing backs. Yeah, 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 that's why so, he wasn't on the bench, wasn't he? So so. I think we'll see a change of formation. With the best one in the world, I think so many times we say, oh, throw Curtis Jones in or, or whoever from the youth team. and Very rarely do you see a manager do that. And there's a reason for that. So I think I think a couple of them will be on the bench again. But it wouldn't surprise me if he just changes things up. I think we might see Ben Woodburn this time. Yeah. He's back to fitness, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he can nice play in that. It would, it would be. I'd, I'd like to see him on the left of that front three. I know Klopp's kind of tried him central and, and he thinks there might be a future for him mm. there. But... That's kind of where he made his name, wasn't it? As a young player on the left of that, that front three. So just play him in there and see what happens. Yeah. Are we all saying Mohamed Salah's playing? Yeah. Because yeah. he's going to want that. But, record, I, but, now, but yes, and I'll tell you why as well. Go on then. <laughs> such, 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 is, such is an idea around yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, but I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> and that's the, end of the <laughs> that's the end. That's the end. Join No, it, basically, I think after his injury, um, I think he's the type of player, and Klopp's alluded to this before, they need rhythm. And I feel like he's, he played against West Brom because he needed those minutes in his legs to, to get that rhythm back. And you saw the benefits of that against Roma. He looked sharper against Roma than he has for, for me for three or four weeks, certainly pre-injury since the Man City game. Um, so I think it's a case of you just keep on, keep on letting him go. Joe, you seem to disagree with that. I'm not disagreeing. I'm, I'm just... No, no, just move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, then. Off the front three, then. Who do you think will be rested? Firmino. 100%. He's taken to rest than Firmino, hasn't yeah, he? Even though Firmino, when he comes on as sub in the second half, is possibly one of the most useless substitutes yeah, of all time. Yeah. He's, good. He's good when he comes on at half-time, like Cent- against Stoke last year. forward is actually the only real area where Klopp's got options. He can pick Slanky or Ings ahead of Firmino. Which is why I think 4-4-2 might be an option. Yeah. He could play them both. Well, Slanky started at... Um, Wherever they play these days, what's it called? The bet three six five. That's Stoke. Yeah. He did it. He's played very well for yeah, me. Yeah, obviously, yeah. actually. Yeah. And then somebody came. Salah, Salah was on the game. Yeah. Salah didn't score. Yeah. yeah, but it's 
think Mane, obviously, he, he had a bit of a bitty start to the season, so I think he's probably a little bit fresher than Firmino. Mm. Um, so I think, whereas Firmino just feels like he's been playing since last May, and he hasn't stopped, so I feel like Firmino will be the one to drop out. Well, I think that might just about do it for us. Just one final thing, predictions then for Saturday. Uh, 3-0 it's very confident <laughs> <laughs> wow I, I think they'll make the changes but I think it'll, it, you know it might, it might be a bit of a hangover but I think Liverpool will always back, back their own individual quality against the team who struggles on like Stoke um, and even if you know the quality does drop in terms of the changes I still think Liverpool will be the best team Joe I mean this is a game that Stoke basically needs to win to stay up 2-1 Liverpool I think they'll give us a scare I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw you know sorry everybody I could see a draw, and I don't think that'd be the worst thing in the world because don't Liverpool really only need four points? Yeah, so yeah. ultimately, it's, it's as long as they don't get the last day. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in that case, two 0 Stoke. And on that trademark bombshell of poor punditry, we shall leave you. Join us next week where we will look back at a two 0 defeat to Stoke, Jordan says Christian, and then look ahead to the trip to Rome. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.